We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. has got him in a second back inside the 30-yard line. Nick Bosa drops Aaron Rodgers for a 13-yard loss. Quick pass caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for Blue Wire. And joining me tonight, like always, is my co-host, former NFL defensive back, owner of Croc Talk TV and Rise Athletics, Eric, 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 Crocker, 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 Crocker. What's up, bro? That was that was an echo. That was that was yeah. I like that. I like that. <laughs> like no, Doctor you know, Disrespect. Respect. Respect. We're just chilling, 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 making fun <laughs> of my son and him getting pissed off at us. <laughs> Dude, that was funny, man. I still got tears in my eyes from laughing about that. So, so Crocker's obviously I I do a lot of the the graphic design work for Crocker and his 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 stuff, his Rise Athletics, his Croc Talk TV stuff. Um, and his his son wanted me to design him like an Xbox streamer logo type thing, and like we just talked about it for the first time like <laughs> last week when Trey Lance was getting picked we just talked about it for the first week and then and then so we we're talking about it right now literally right before we hit record and crocker was like you got to think about what you want what do you want to be in it you know look at some other logos and i don't remember exactly how it was said but what did uh, what did he say well at first he was like you know like kind of like he didn't know and then but then now he knows and he's been thinking about it for the last three months <laughs> right <laughs> like so he just- he wants a he wants a d and an s with a mamba snake through it. Okay. 
I'll have to make the S the snake. Yeah. Oh, nice. I like that idea. <laughs> I think he'll like that too. But what was funny about the whole thing is we just talked about it for the first time last week. And he's like, I've been thinking about it for the last three months. We're like, what are you talking? You liar. <laughs> just making shit up now. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, funny. So we're just sitting there laughing forever, but just right before we hit record. And now Crocker had to mention that. And now I'm laughing again. So it's, yeah. it's hella funny. I love kids, man. And I work with kids all the time. How old's D? So D is 13. So I work with the kids that are exactly the same age with D every day. And they just do like, obviously sometimes they can be annoying. They could be punks. They could be whatever. But like, for the most part, they're just hilarious. And like, they say the funniest shit. And that is a great example of it. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> three, three months. Like, yeah. It's just, it's awesome, man. It's awesome. I love it. But speaking of somebody that's like, <laughs> Uh, you know, reaching somebody who's reaching, somebody who's grab, somebody who's grabbing at thin air. We got we got Mike Lombardi out there who's been who's been apparently thinking about who the 49ers were gonna take at quarterback for the last three months. Do you you uh, think your sources are better than mine? Because they're not. I know. He, <laughs> he said that so before sure. the draft, didn't he? Right, right. Yeah, so he said that before the draft, but he had to know that I was gonna come back and bite him in the ass. Like he had to know. It seems like there's a like there's a draft source or not not a draft. There's like a source karma. You know, like if you get too pumped up about what you know, <laughs> then it's not gonna work out. Like somebody's out there pulling the strings going, Oh, this guy talks some shit. Nope, throw that one out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he, he got caught in the middle of that and the way he was pushing, well, it's one thing to say, like, you know, I've been hearing this, but like once you start to kind of get like aggressive. <laughs> and start to act like, you know, kind of like a know-it-all, then that's when it gets a little weird. And he's not, he not only said it then, but he's kind of doubling down now and saying that, you know, the 49ers are lying and that what they're saying is a crock of, of first of all, I don't like how he used my name, a crock of crap. <laughs> I don't like that. But it's a crock of crap and they're lying and that Mac Jones is 100% the guy that they traded up for. He is not moving off of that stance. He won't let it go. And he just, you know, his source knows more than anything that the 49ers front office is saying, who 49ers have been very open. First of all, I found out some things about their process throughout this whole thing. And it it further let me know, nobody knew anything. Nobody right. knew anything. Maybe That's they could have guessed. Like. But, and, and we'll kind of get into that. But at the end of the day, Lombardi... He's doubling down now. And we saw him on that little betting, it's like this gambling Twitter account. Uh, yeah, you got you to talk about that question <laughs> they asked him. <laughs> so, so right after the Trey Lance pick, they were like, Trey Lance got picked. And although people were saying, you know, it wasn't going to be him, we were telling you guys it was going to be Trey Lance and we never moved off of that. And he was like, but we got Lombardi coming in. So Lombardi came on and they asked him, you know, you kind of got screwed over last year with the Miami Dolphins thing. And, you know, you claim that they were lying. And now <laughs> the 49ers, you're claiming the same thing. Do you think it's time for you to stop being a draft intel person? <laughs> and it really made me laugh. I laughed about that. Like I saw that a couple of nights ago. And I laughed about that the whole time. Like, dude, like some people just aren't made to be, you know, insiders. And maybe he's one of them. 
And that kind of goes back to all the shit I was saying. We're going all the way back to Matthew Stafford. Like, there's a lot of people out there that will just like fire from the hip. They hear one thing and they're like, "Yeah, this is it." You know, this is what's going on. And that's like when uh, when I was going up through the the business with Chris, he was like, "He's like, dude, you hear all kinds of shit out there, but you have to like go through the process of like hearing it from multiple people, all that you trust, so that you know that it's it's there's a good chance it's really legit." And uh, I was very, really, really surprised how often Chris, since I worked so closely with him, would like hear about little things and he would just never tweet about them or talk about them. He's like, dude, my job's on the line. Like, I can't yeah. just I can't just tweet everything I hear because I'm making my my employer look bad if I'm wrong. So it's funny that he's out there just like they're liars. The dolphins are liars. And the next person that makes me wrong, they're liars. And like, <laughs> he's the only one that's not lying, man. What's funny, too, is that. You know, you couple that with with what Jed York was saying, and we'll get into that a little bit more later. Uh, Jed York's interview with Matt Mayoko on 49ers Talk, and he was like, Jed York, the owner of the team, the CEO of the team, didn't even know shit. Like, they were just, like, not, not, not letting anybody know. Like, I mean, it sounds like the bulk of the team didn't know until, like, the week of the draft. Did you hear what their process was, or how they went about this whole thing? Well, I, I mean, I listened to the whole thing. I, you just got your talk on it. I, I'm so you tell so me what, what you were they, talking about. Yeah. So basically, what they did was they they never told each other who they liked. All so Kyle basically didn't want he didn't want people he didn't want like this whole group think mentality. So what he did was. They had conversations in the building based on like just your scouting report. What what have you come up with your scouting report? Yeah, yeah. And each person, you know, they had their different scouting reports on guys and stuff like that. But they never told anything about who they like or who they want. They wanted everyone to give their opinion and make it. And they wanted to be independent without knowing like, well, well, Kyle Shanahan likes this guy, so maybe I should you know, make it seem like I like this guy too. It, that wasn't the process. So it was really solely just, these are the guys that we're watching. These are guys that we're looking into. Co- like, just let me know what you think or, you know, let me know what you like about guys or you don't. You just give your full analysis on it. And he didn't, and even John Lynch didn't even know who Kyle Shanahan wanted. And until Kyle Shanahan told him and was like, hey, uh, he, he was like, uh, you know, hey, you know, we're we're gonna take Trey Lance. And that was when and that was like that just happened like a few days before the draft. So like even like Lynch didn't know, Kyle didn't talk to anybody, like nobody knew. So everything that was coming out of there, I don't know what was coming out of there, but that that's part of what Shanahan was talking about when he's like, dude, like, you know, we weren't gonna work to change the narrative. Like everybody was saying that it was Mac Jones and stuff, like, all right. It, like, yeah, we did like him, but again. And we said it plenty of times on this show. People, I thought pe- people were saying that it was Mac Jones. Now, obviously, the, it got so loud that you're like, damn, there's got to be some kind of truth to this. But they were saying it based on the fact of what they thought Kyle Shanahan wanted in his quarterback. And and Kyle said it started with a couple of people. One of those guys was Chris Sims, who was like, I know my friend. I know my buddy. And this is the type of quarterback he likes. This is the guy that he wants. And then it just snowballed into just everybody else. This is what I'm hearing. This is what I'm hearing. Oh, this is what it is. And it sounds like that was never the case. And nobody even in the 49ers front office knew. 
until the the week of. And the crazier thing is, I'm not not that I have like sources or anything like that, but I talked to somebody who has sources in the building, and they said that they've heard different things, but that they have not heard anything from Kyle Shanahan. So it was just like nobody knew, and it's crazy that even though nobody knew, so many people knew. I know, I know, man. I mean, it was from top to bottom. I mean, that that's the reason that we, you know, that we had almost. I mean, you got like Chris Biederman, who was one of the very first people, you know, to really kind of like not hitch himself to a player, but like he just thought the 49ers liked Trey Lance. Like he just kind of in his head was like, you know, I think the 49ers like Trey Lance. He kind of makes sense for what you think they're trying to do. You know, if they really do want to keep Garoppolo, you know, maybe Trey Lance kind of fits in the way they're thinking about it. And so he was Trey Lance for a really long time. And eventually he heard something that was like, it's Mac Jones. Yeah. They're they're like telling people in the building it's Mac Jones. They finally made up their mind. And so he was like, damn, it's Mac Jones. And it still wasn't Mac Jones, you know? And like I was just saying about Chris, like he doesn't just take everything with, with you know, as, as fact. You know, he's very critical about the stuff he hears. Now, he never reported that, you know, but he, you know, that he heard something that made him completely flip his opinion. Which you know just goes to show how how heavy it was coming from everywhere, and yeah. Kyle made it seem like it just started with a few people's opinions. You know, like a couple yeah. guys' opinions were like, "Hey, you could probably he'd like Mac Jones." You know, and it like like I said, Chris Sims, Adam Schefter, Adam Schefter straight up said it's Mac Jones. He, they traded up for Mac Jones. Then they you were know, saying ninety eight percent sure, right? Is Mac and, Jones. and Matt Miller was putting money on the line. It's Mac Jones. Matt Matt Miller. Actually, and kudos to Matt Miller. He paid a, a big amount of money to um, one of my guys from, you know, 49ers 365. Yeah. Uh, JB. So JB bet Matt, Mil- Matt Miller $1,000 that it would, it would not be Mac Jones. And then he put another 500 on it being Justin Fields, right? I think there was uh, another bet there. So he, he bet that it would be, uh, but... He bet that separate, but I think he oh, bet okay. with, with Matt Miller that it's not going to be Mac Jones. And Matt Miller paid him. So big ups to Matt Miller. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah. And I think the thousand other a thousand, bucks. the other a thousand, I think he, he paid JB a thousand, and I think he paid a thousand to a 49ers charity because that was the that was the bet he initially made to himself. You know, I will okay, pay a thousand dollars if it's not Mac Jones. And he bet he did it live on a show, and the two other hosts were like, "All right, damn." And then JB heard that and was like, "Hey, I'll bet you a thousand dollars that it's not Mac Jones." <laughs> and, yeah. and it, you know, like, and so it was. Uh, it was just wild, man. It was wild that it was everyone that it was just so unanimous, and and it got to the point where. You know, Chris and Kyle on Candlestick Chronicles were they had that one whole episode where everybody was just fired up. Like, how the fuck is this going to happen? You know what I mean? Like everybody was already like these dumbasses. Well, <laughs> and they didn't and, do it. And that speaks to and, and not to I don't want to call anybody out. There, there's some great people that cover the 49ers. But I did feel like there were some people kind of pushing a narrative and kind of making it seem like like, well, how are any of these people going to say that they know more than Kyle Shanahan? And I don't think it was so much that we felt we knew more than Kyle Shanahan, more so than we have eyes. 
<laughs> and we know what we're seeing. And let's just hope that Kyle sees the same thing. And maybe he wasn't going to. But clearly he did. So it wasn't so much that we're saying that, you know, we know more than Kyle or what Kyle wants more. But it was just like, Kyle, how do you not see this more talented guy? And how do you not see that Mac Jones is somebody that does not belong in the top 10, let alone top five? So, um, you know, just very, very interesting. And it started with Lamar. Well, and then he started going and. Yeah, right. And then he did end up going to fifth till 15. And obviously this is kind of like, well, of course, if you take that out of the equation. But what if the Patriots didn't need a quarterback? What if they were like sold on Cam? And then when does he go? Like, and people were just adamant that he was going to be the pick at three. And he went to 15 and just barely. <laughs> like, right. you know, so it was it was interesting. But, man, I'm, I'm excited, dude. I've watched so many little Trey Lance things here and there just to try to, like, just picture him what it's going to be like. And even if it's not right away, even if, you know, Jimmy G wins that thing, and that's what we're going to talk about next. But even if, if we don't see it for a little bit, man, it's like it's hard not to be excited what that guy is going to look like. Kyle Shanahan's offense, like, damn. So we we've touched on it a little bit, and this kind of takes us into the whole you know Jimmy Garoppolo thing. But when do you think we see Trey Lance? Like, like do you think week one is like all right? Week one, he's 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 there. Do you think like they roll him on the field to some ca- capacity? Like, not saying that it has to be like in a starting role, but just to some capacity. Do, do you think we see him week one? Oh, you know what I was before before I answer that question. You know what else I thought about earlier today? I was sitting there at my desk at work, like all my students were working on artwork, and I was like, "Man, preseason is gonna be fucking awesome!" <laughs> like yeah. I'm just sitting there to myself, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I just got completely jacked about preseason. I'm like, "We're gonna get to see Trey Lance, a lot of Trey Lance, and it's gonna be awesome!" Like you know, it was just so ridiculous of me to think that, but. Um, do, when do well, I think he's gonna? What? I was gonna say it, it, it might not be awesome for Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, <laughs> there, so 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 Jimmy. Okay, we'll we'll we'll, we'll go with that, and then we'll kind of follow back up with when we think we'll see Trey Lance. But Jimmy Garoppolo obviously came out, and he has some really good things to say about about Trey Lance or about the process of going through what he dealt with with Tom Brady, and knowing how Tom Brady was to him and what he was for him. And obviously, and also like, you know, transitioning from an FCS school to the NFL because Eastern Illinois is is FCS. And just saying like, look, I, like I know, like I know what it's like going from this, you know, smaller, you know, uh, league, I guess you could say, to the NFL. And also really kind of being drafted to be this successor to someone. And, uh, you know, he basically said he wants to help smooth everything over for Mac Jones. I mean, for Trey, Trey Lance, excuse me, uh, for Trey Lance. What, what are your, your kind of your, your thoughts on that? Like, why, why would he go about it that way? Remember, he was the first person to reach out, text him, like, congratulations. He's going out of his way to say, like, hey, I want to do everything I can to help this kid. I have kind of... You know, my thoughts on it, but I want to hear yours first. Well, I mean, my first my first impression about all that is like Jimmy Garoppolo has nothing to gain by being, you know, like a bitch about it. Like or or like and it's not being a bitch about it. I get it. Like if he's upset about the fact that 
you know, if he's upset about the fact that he's getting replaced, that's a perfectly natural reaction to what's happening because he's competitive. Obviously, he's confident about what he's done when he's on the field, but he's also not dumb and he knows why the team is going in a different direction. So, again, going back to what I started well, you with, better like, know they, they told him and everybody else. Right. Said, well, hey, you can't there's no denying so the reasons either. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like, Jimmy can't <laughs> argue the reason. Like, bro. You've missed like the la- like two out of the last three years essentially, and like he can't argue that like it's true. It is what it is, and he you know, and he even said in that interview like I can't argue with that. Like it's all about what you've done recently in the NFL, and I, and I haven't been able to stay on the field, so I I could understand why they were doing what they're doing. Um, but he doesn't have anything to gain by tape by being you know, I don't even know what the word to describe it like. He has everything to gain by being a good teammate, by bringing Trey Lance along. He also has a lot to gain by playing his best football, by competing, by winning the job. Because if he can get on the field and and win games and stay healthy, I mean, he's he's been with this team for almost four years now, and he probably loves his teammates like that. He thinks he probably thinks of the 49ers as more of a home than new England ever was because right. he came here. He was the starter. He went all the way to the super bowl with this team um, with the majority of the people that are still in that locker room. So he has everything to gain by being a teammate and by going out there and playing hard. And it's going to come down to the fact that, you know, one, he's got to be out Trey Lance, which I do think he should be able to do just given the difference in experience. And obviously Trey Lance He's very. He's supposed to be very smart. Um, he's extremely talented, but he's still got to learn all of Kyle Shanahan's offense and with a limited offseason. So Jimmy Garoppolo should be able to go out there and beat him out. And then, like we talked about before the pod, like everything after that is winning football games with your teammates, competing, and auditioning for whatever comes next. Right. I, I, I basically said like, it's kind of like an, an extended preseason. And, and what I mean by that is like – and. You know, guys that have, you know, been in the NFL, they understand, like, this process where when you are in the preseason and you're not, like, a guy that's guaranteed to stay around, that even the NFL team will tell you, you are auditioning for not only the team you're on, but all 31 other teams as well. And, and that's what you're playing for. And I think Jimmy Garoppolo, he has to go about this, you know, that way as well. Like, he has – he can't complain – and 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 you know get down and depressed. He can't be you know depressed and stuff on on this whole situation because he has to make sure he goes out there and executes so he can one you know get traded to someone that really wants him and two when he gets traded to someone else I'm pretty sure he's gonna want his contract um, negotiated so he's gonna have to put out there that he's worth whatever it is so like it's like dude this is on you and. Some people like, you know, I like I like having to bet on myself. He's definitely got to bet on himself to stay healthy. Now, the the one thing that I don't want to say might not be in his control because there's a lot of people like, man, Jimmy's gonna come out fired up. You know, Kyle Shanahan talked about how, oh, when he we like mad Jimmy. I think he plays better when he's mad. But he might play better in the games when he's mad, but he don't practice good. Mad or not, <laughs> he he kind of is bad at practice. It just doesn't look right. And that's the one thing that can be tricky. If you see this 6'4", 230-pound quarterback <laughs> throwing rockets, and even if it's just – if it starts to look just even, which even with Garoppolo knowing more of the playbook and all that, there is a scenario where at practice it looks even. That's when it gets kind of sticky for, for, for Garoppolo because 
don't don't let it look even at practice. And then this kid get in, you know, the third possession of the first preseason game and just like look hella good. And they're like, uh, let's start giving him more first team <laughs> reps. Then <laughs> 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 it's over for Jimmy. <laughs> so that's the tough thing. Like, you know, and we've been there where, you know, you see it right there. And I mean, obviously you hear people talk about it, but Jimmy doesn't look great at practice. Like it doesn't look like anything where it's like, Ooh, ah, wow. Did you see that? Like it ain't none of that with Jimmy at practice. It's like, ah, uh, the offense struggle again. But then he gets <laughs> in the games, obviously, and he executes, you know, very well. So it, it just can get a little sticky if it doesn't get to that point where he gets in the game and starts executing well. Right. Well, thinking, I mean, about, thinking about last year when he came, I mean, obviously he was coming off of, not last year, the year before, he was coming off a of torn ACL and what he looked like in preseason. Because last year they didn't have preseason. But the year before that, coming off a of torn ACL, what it looked like in preseason, obviously it was really sketchy up and down. Even heading into week one, it wasn't pretty. What if he heads into week one and gives you a performance like he did against the Buccaneers, right? Where it wasn't pretty, maybe threw for 200 yards, maybe had a pick six. It, you know, 49ers still won by two touchdowns because they had two pick sixes uh, with spoon and Sherman. If he has anything remotely close to that, people will be, regardless of if Trey Lance is ready or not, they're going to want to see Lance. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Now, it also wouldn't – I mean, Jimmy doesn't strike me as a guy that's like kind of like, – that's lazy or not motivated. You know, like he seems like a professional. He seems like he would already be giving, uh, you know, 100% of what he has to give when he plays. But there may be a factor that we see a little bit different of a Jimmy Garoppolo than we're used to seeing because he's got this 6'4", 225-pound, number three overall pick – chilling like being like hey man you know when i get my reps i'm gonna throw that deep ball so you better (laughs) all of a sudden jimmy's yards per completion or air yards is just gonna start going up and up because he's (laughs) he's so afraid of what uh what trey lance is gonna do when he comes in but i don't know i mean because the thing that i think that gets kind of lost in it is like jimmy garoppolo is a good quarterback like he's not great he's not a, a, a top epsilon but he's a good starting caliber nfl quarterback and a rookie, in most cases, doesn't just walk in and beat out a guy like that. Now, if it was something else, like if the 49ers were starting, like, I don't know, the bottom tier quarterbacks, like um, Andy Dalton or, you know, and Andy Dalton's not that bad, but you know what I mean, the, the crappier quarterbacks in the league, then I think there would be a more of a conversation. Now, if, uh, you know, an exciting way to look at it is if we start hearing things about Trey Lance giving Jimmy Garoppolo a run for his money in that week one, you know, starting spot, then that just mean that Trey Lance is something else, right. you know, because if he's just stepping in and immediately pushing Jimmy Garoppolo, which I think I feel like a lot of smart asses and those negative people on Twitter would be like, well, that shouldn't be hard. He only throws the ball four yards downfield, you know, like shit like that. You're like, all right, man, whatever. Cool. Yeah. You know, you're muted. He executes but, though. Like, and that, I think that's right. the part that regardless of, of what he and can't do, and I think some people focus on that. I have focused on that only in a sense to bring light on the fact that, like, look, he's not perfect. Like, there are a lot of things right. that you would ideally like out of your quarterback that he Garoppolo just doesn't do. But Kyle Shanahan has definitely created an offense that works for him and gets Garoppolo to be very efficient. So there is that part of it where, you know, like you said, like, he doesn't suck. He is now, to, good at doing what right. Kyle wants him to do. 
to blend this into a, another conversation that has been kind of going around, and we talked about this a little bit last pod, I think. Um, like, how committed do you think Kyle Shanahan is to creating like a Trey Lance package, a Trey Lance offense within Jimmy Garoppolo's? You know, right now that that's the tough thing because. We don't know exactly what a Trey Lance package looks like because it, it can be, you know, people, they don't want to hear this, but like, you know, Taysom Hill or Lamar Jackson, right? It, like, there is a chance that it can look like something like that because he did a lot of that in college. But Well, it doesn't mean know, that Trey Lance is running routes and catching the ball. It just well, means he, that, you yeah, know. Not that. Not, not that. I right. mean, like, he, he's lining up. He's taking the snap. But, you right. know, there could be quarterback powers. There could be a lot of, you know, read or zone options and things like that. Or... He can be under center and and do boots. And, you know, like, I think there's a variety of ways that Kyle Shanahan can really go about, you know, easing him in. So I think that's just what it comes down to. Do you think that's going to happen? Yes. This year? Yes. Yeah. 100%. Just cool to think about. You know, it'll be fun to see. Last time we saw that was, you know, Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. Now, now, and, and we'll touch on that, but to kind of go back to what you said, like, with how, basically what you were asking was, how does he create packages in an, in an offense to bring him along as well as what he's, you know, ideally doing for Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Like, what do yeah. – and I would say, well, when we watched week seven, 16, that was when the 49ers played against the Arizona Cardinals week 16 um, – with CJ Beathard, that quarterback. Beathard right. did some yep. read option type stuff. And remember the offense too. Like he took one shot downfield. I think it was Richie James that caught it downfield, I want to say. Um, but a lot of what he did was it really wasn't a whole lot of pushing the ball downfield outside of he threw, or not even pushing the ball downfield. It was like, it was with this weird passing game. Like it, there wasn't a whole lot to it. It was like a really dumbed down, simplified version. And Kyle was still able to win with C.J. Beathard doing that. <laughs> he threw the right. ball downfield to George Kittle. George Kittle made a nice catch and stuff, but it wasn't the most like you could see a huge. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Difference between that game plan for CJ Beathard and what a game plan for Garoppolo looks like, typically. So right. I, I guess what I'm saying is that's a long-winded way of saying Kyle can really adjust his offense to whoever is at quarterback. Now, again, 
that does that mean that while Kyle is game planning for Jimmy Garoppolo, is he over here also like, all right, no, wait, these are Jimmy's plays, and then all right, well, no, CJ, you know, these are your plays, and you got read option. Like, I don't think it's like that. I think it. So it will be interesting to see how he kind of incorporates uh, uh, Trey Lance into the offense of whatever he's, you know, he's. Striking Gold is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? Is what the 49ers going to do with the third overall pick stressing you out? Or maybe it's something a little more personal. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they can make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. Visit betterhelp.com slash gold. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Special offer for Striking Gold listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash gold. That's betterhelp.com slash G-O-L-D. I guarantee you there's like, if you look at Kyle Shanahan's playbook in the lens of Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance, like you probably have plays that are that that Jimmy Garoppolo would probably be able to run better and then you have play that are already there then you have plays that Trey Lance will be able to run better and then you know as you work your way towards the middle there's plays that he could call that obviously both guys would be good at and so I, I don't necessarily think it would Kyle Shannon would have to necessarily create new shit it would just be when when Trey Lance is on the field your play calls lean towards this area whereas when Jimmy's on the field your your play calls are leaning towards this area and you know like like you're just saying, like maybe the ones Jimmy throws are, are quick throws. You know, you know he thinks the first read's going to be open. Maybe the second read, but with Trey Lance, you've got you've got play actions, you've got boots, you've got all this stuff that are going to take advantage. Because that's the biggest thing that I don't think people real about realize. Like Trey Lance is going to give you is like when Jimmy wins in a play, it's within the first like one and a half to two seconds. But where Trey Lance wins, it's going to be. I mean, he can still do all those same things, but he's going to win in the back half if he needs to you know, from three to four seconds where he's rolled out and then, you know, the guys come open or, you know, it's just going to be a a cool thing to see. And I think that might be Trey Lance's biggest learning curve. And it might be for most rookie quarterbacks is look, dude, I need to get this. I need you to get this ball out in like less than two and a half seconds. Like, like look at the read and throw it, you know, like, cause 
you know, that's going to be his biggest learning curve is because, and that's where Jimmy Garoppolo's like elite is his speed. Like his, his read react throw, like is probably unbelievable in terms of quarterbacks. Now, does he always make the right decision? No, but you know, that's, that's what that John Beck was saying about Jimmy Garoppolo. Like his getting the snap, getting into his drop, turning around and throwing the ball I mean, release included is like unbelievable. Like it's quick. So and that's where Trey Lance is going to need to, to you know, and that, like I said, that might be something for all rookie quarterbacks. So, um, one, th- the last thing we haven't talked about is, uh, is Jed York finally coming out of the woodwork to talk to Matt Mayoko. I mean, we we mentioned it, but uh, Matt Mayoko on Forty ers Talk had Jed York as a guest, and they had a a pretty interesting conversation about, you know, draft week, all the stuff, all the rumors, the draft week, the tweets. Leading up to Trey Lance, what do you like about Trey Lance, Jimmy G, all that stuff? So what? I mean, I don't know if you, if, excuse me, if you took notes on what you were hearing, but what? I mean, what kind of stood out to you about that that conversation? Well, one of the first things that kind of stood out was when he started talking about the tweets, and I was <laughs> assuming like this dude is drunk, right? When he started tweeting on draft day, yeah, everybody um, did. Run to run one mile, might think about running five miles. Might think about uh-huh. his emails. What do you guys, you know, like you know all the quarterbacks' numbers? And I guess he was just—it was his corny way of just engaging with the fans. <laughs> like, so he wasn't drunk at all. <laughs> um, right. That was, yeah, that was one of the things that was like interesting. But he said a couple other things, and I saw like you know one of the Forty Nine fans kind of mentioned it on Twitter, where he was like, you know, you know Trey Lance, he can sit for two years, and I'm like, dude, Trey Lance ain't sitting for no damn two years. It's like, well, I'm just repeating what Jay York said. He's probably somebody that wants like Mac Jones or something, but I'm just repeating what Jay York said. And I'm like, dude, if Trey Lance is sitting for two years, something's wrong because they want him to start now. Like they want him to be ready to start now. Like obviously they know that there is a transition and a learning curve, but if it would if they had it their way, he would play to tomorrow. <laughs> like he would they would name him the starting quarterback. Well, yeah, so. I mean <laughs> Kyle, Kyle Shanahan spent the last two months thinking about what his offense would look like with Trey Lance. Like he ain't right. he ain't excited about going back to the Jimmy G offense. But like you said, he's realistic about it. Yeah. Well, Jimmy G is a, he's a dead man walking, and he knows oh, yeah. it. It's just it's just when 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 is it gonna when's it gonna happen? <laughs> when is he gonna get pulled? And that's that's what he's waiting for now. So, um, you know, I don't know what Jet York is talking about with the whole wait two years thing. That was. I, I think he was just referring, referring to it was all under the context of the 49ers are in a comfortable spot. Like if they like, let's say that that Jimmy G comes out next year and just plays unbelievably good, you know, like better than the Super Bowl run good. And, you know, no team. And all of a sudden they're like, no, hey, if a team's going to trade for Jimmy G, they better give us after after he plays incredible next year. Just that scenario. He'd be like, hey, we're not taking anything less than two firsts for Jimmy G. You know, like, and and then they don't get that offer, and then they're like, "Well, shit, we'll just he played so good, we'll play him again next year." You know, and I don't think that situation happens. Like you said, that's right. that's like that's eh, like I'm I'm like making the motion of like being over a way off in the distance type of deal. But you know, I think he's just talking about the fact that the 49ers are a position where they can kind of feel comfortable if it goes either way. You know, and and he was just talking about the fact that they have Jimmy G, they feel comfortable with having him. Um, but you don't trade up to number three overall to just kind of, 
you know, put a guy on the back burner, especially when he hasn't played in like a year and a half. So, um, well, it played a lot, you know, he did play that one game, but so what were some of the other things he talked about? There were the tweets, the tweets were funny and he was just, he was just having a good time with it. And it, it was just it, the thing, biggest thing to me is like, I remember a time not too long ago where Jed York was like, he wasn't well liked. He seemed like he took himself way too seriously. And it almost seems like as he's gotten older, he's probably a lot happier with in the space of John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan versus Jed York and, or excuse me, versus uh, Jim Harbaugh and Jim Tom Sula and Chip Kelly and Trent Baalke. Like that probably had him going insane. And now he's obviously in a much better place with John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan and what they've done. But he seems like a dude who's kind of like, come out of his shell a little bit right like all of a sudden he's like funny and drunk tweeting and 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 like funny drunk tweeting tweeting out clues before the draft and when he was on matt mayoko's podcast he was super like sarcastic and had like a sense of humor like i don't know man he just seems like he's kind of a kind of a getting a little cooler or something well he's definitely in a good space and i think he needs it's kind of like his he's catching his second wind far as being the CEO of things. Um, he is somebody who was hated for a while, but I actually, right. I, I don't want to say I pushed back on the fact that he should be hated, but I actually like kind of commending him. Like I, I like the fact that he was someone who was willing to admit he was wrong. Now, some people were like, well, don't be wrong, <laughs> you know, but uh-huh. I think it takes a lot of guts to say after one year, you know what, this coach Tom Sula, as much as I liked him, he ain't the one. Let me fire him. After one year, you know what, Chip Kelly, he ain't the one. Like, one, it cost him a lot of money. So he literally had four head coaches in four straight years. Like, that is probably unheard of, I'd assume. Right? Like, has I wonder if that has ever happened. He had Harbaugh in 2014, Tom Sula 2015, Chip Kelly 2016, and Shanahan 2017. Like, four head coaches yep. in four years. And... It, I feel like as like somebody, me, I'm like the ultimate like competitive person. You have to be really competitive and really care about winning to do that. Now, again, the whole, you know, firing hard. And a little bit of hum- humble too, you know, like shit, like this isn't working. Boom. Yeah. And then he, de- then he, you know, was dedicated to just the process of what it would be with Kyle Shanahan. And even with, Shanahan having three three losing seasons in four years, um, still the vibes around the building, or around the outlook of the 49ers. Shoes, I think Vegas has the they're over under at what ten and a half. So just like the way that the 49ers are viewed, the way his decisions, you know, with them have been viewed for the most part. And I've seen some people kind of push back on Jet York, but for the most part, I think he's he's done a good job, and and I can appreciate someone who. Keep swinging. I actually really like that a lot. Yeah, because, I mean, we see it all the time when, when how stubborn owners can be. And, you know, they stick with coaches one or two years longer than they should, even though the writing's on the wall. And you never know how, how people feel about each other. And, you know, the fact that these are human beings and there's lives, you know, quality of life's on the line and families involved and stuff. So there's all that. But, I mean, he was willing to bite the bullet two, three years I wouldn't say he bit the bullet when it came to Harbaugh because that was all kind of weird and and might not have been warranted. We don't know how it all went down for sure, but um, 
he was able to bite the bullet with two different head coaches and a GM, like in a very, very short period of time, you know, and, and that's kind of gotten them to the point. That's why the 49ers can lose a shit ton of games and still be like, you know, expected to win like 10 or 11 games because they got Shanahan and because, you know, it's just a completely different space. And he, you know, Jed York should get a lot of credit for creating that. He gets a lot of credit for all the, the fact that everything fell apart so quickly, rightfully so. But he should also get a lot of credit for building the team up as part of, you know, just as much credit as John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan had because he's the one, that, you know, and him waiting it out too because Kyle Shanahan was in the Super Bowl. He had to, Jed right. York had to sweat it out. And and I'm sure there were conversations where Kyle Shanahan assured him that that, that was what he was going to do. But I mean, it's still, that's not easy to do in a man in a position like that. But another cool thing for that interview was that it sounds like Jed York and the 49ers have stayed very, very much in touch with, with Frank Gore. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just kind of wild, right? I mean, Jed York reached out to him and said, Hey, you know, just watch this, you know, Trey Lance guy and tell me what you think. And I guess Gore's reaction was, y'all ain't drafted no quarterback from North Dakota state. Right. And then, Two days before the draft, so the, the the initial conversation happened right after the trade, and then two days before the draft, Frank Gore called him back and was like, "Hey, you guys have to draft that Trey Lance kid." And that right, was, well, yeah, because Jed, right, and and so they initially made the trade. He talked to Frank Gore, and you know, Frank Gore was he said they were talking about Justin Fields and Mac Jones. And he was like, hey, you know, you got to watch this Trey Lance kid because he's in the conversation. And then that's when he said, yeah, I ain't drafting no Trey Lance. He's like, hey, man, just give him a look. And then he said Frank Gore got back to him and was like, you need to draft Trey Lance. (laughs) That's who you guys got to draft. And that's – and I think I I heard something from John Lynch who kind of said the same thing. Like Kyle Shanahan told John Lynch, like, hey, I I like Trey Lance, you know, like – give him a watch, watch him for me and, and tell me what you think. And then the two of them basically got back together and they were like, yeah, I like Trey Lance, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. so it's, it, that's, I mean, that's funny that, that Frank would be like, you can't, you're not drafting that guy. And then watch him and be like, Hey, you got to draft that guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's pretty I funny. I think that's all of us. I think that's a lot of, like, you know, cause when you think about it and I think that's why there's a lot of pushback from some people that maybe kind of late to the, emergence of Trey Lance. Um, I know I was one of them. I had no idea who he was uh, as, which year was it? The Because he didn't play all last year. So the year before that. 19. So, so this time last summer. So this time last summer, there I had a lot of people saying he was going to be one of the top quarterbacks to come out this year. Right? So um, if, if he'd stayed another, well... So I think they were assuming that the season was going to happen. Right. And obviously we come to find out it didn't. But I think I think people were assuming the season was going to happen and Trey Lance was going to be a top quarterback prospect. And I remember saying, like, Trey Lance, like, who is this kid? Like, North Dakota State, what? And then I watched him. And I did a little breakdown. And I'm glad that, like, Twitter kind of keeps receipts. And you know, Oh, yeah. It's the is? ultimate receipt. You know what the funny thing is? What I said, what? I was like, I said, he has a higher upside than Justin Fields. I compared their two films. I Way back Trey in Lance. the day you said that? Yeah. During that time, like last summer, I, I watched 
I watched or and then you know then I I think I did a thread. No, I watched them last summer. And I, at some point in 2020, I did a thread on both quarterbacks. And I came away at first saying like, well, Trey Lance, he typically throws to his first read, yada, yada, yada. I don't see him going through reads or whatever. And then I continued to watch. I started to see some of those things pop up. And then at the end of it, my conclusion was he had a higher ceiling than Justin Fields. And I don't know exactly what made me say that. But I did say that, and I have to find that tweet. I'll look for it right now while we're kind of talking. But I hear the whole Trey Lance has a higher ceiling thing, and I think a lot there's a, there are a lot of people that are saying it more so because there's more of an unknown. But when I was yeah. saying it, I think I was talking more so about talent, which obviously I've changed my tune on that, saying, well, I would take Justin Fields. But for whatever reason, my initial reaction after watching both of them and watching like all 22 was Lance has the higher ceiling. I wonder why I switched on that. I have to find that tweet. Well, and, and you're you're a lot better at the talent stuff and the evaluation process and what to look for and stuff. But I kind of I'm not able to quantify it as well as you are and the way you word things. But I've kind of felt like that way, too. Like, I don't know what it is I'm seeing at times. You know, I can I can evaluate the surface level stuff of quarterbacks that I think a lot of people can probably evaluate. But uh, there was something that I always saw with Trey Lance. It's like, man, this guy seems like, you know, it's the high ceiling stuff. Like this guy can do some really good things. And the thing I was asking myself just the other day, I was like, and and this is kind of a question for you, Crocker. If Trey Lance played this season and played, let's say he didn't even get better which I think he would. Let's say he didn't even get better and he just played the exact same season or very, very similar to what his 2019 season was. Do you think that he would have been in the conversation for like maybe one overall, two second overall instead of Zach Wilson? You know, like to me, it would have been easy for him to overtake Zach Wilson if he would have played another season and it was like the other one. I don't know because Zach Wilson, I don't think I don't think that there's any way that Zach Wilson should have went over Justin Fields. Like I so it's like if Justin Fields played as well as he did last year, obviously like there was a hiccup in a couple of games, but if Justin Fields put on display like all this talent and all this ability and had a big moment in the college football playoffs and he couldn't get drafted ahead of uh, <laughs> That's Zach true. Wilson, That's a good way of looking at that. I don't think that North Dakota State, Trey Lance would have. And I think the highest he probably would have went was three regardless. So kudos to him for coming out <laughs> because I don't I don't know how much different his uh, draft stock would be this year. But maybe next year, like if he would have came out next year, he probably would have been. Well, and the same thing could be said for everybody that's so comfortable, uncomfortable about the number of games he started. Like if you go back and watch the way Trey Lance played in 2019, like you can watch that and say – I can see a very – it would be very easy to believe that this guy would be better next year. Like, right. if he would have played this season, I would be willing to bet, obviously we'll never know, that Trey Lance would have been better. He probably would have ran for a little less. He would have thrown for more. And maybe he actually gets a few picks in there, but he probably would have thrown for more touchdowns. You know, like, I think he would have had a better season. And to me, what's funny is if he would have had that better season, and again, it's all hypothetical, but – all of a sudden people are comfortable with it because he's played more games. 
And I'm like, to me, it's easy to project. Like Trey Lance would have stayed at North Dakota State. He would have dominated again because all you have to do is watch how he played that 2019 season. And you could see that if anything, he left a little bit on the table that like not hard stuff. Like, you know, he probably was critiquing himself saying, man, I could be better than this. I could do better than this. I can be better in this area. And I could have seen him being a lot better in 2020. And whether or not his stock rises out of the 49ers reach, I don't know. But it would, people would have been a lot more comfortable with the whole thing, which to me kind of lends some credence to the 49ers. Like, hey, like I'm, I'm glad he didn't play in 2020 because maybe we wouldn't have a shot at him. You know, it, right. just, it seems right. like it was very obvious to me that he was only going to get better. So I, I found my tweets. All right. Okay, so it's, it's a thread. So this is actually from um, October 13th, 2020. All okay. right. So October 13th. And remember, the season started late. So this probably was before the actual like games, college football games started kind of really being played. So I so this was my tweet. Fun watching both Trey Lance and Justin Fields. I think Fields is a little bit more pro ready from playing at Ohio State. Had to work through progressions more. I thought he was really poised in the pocket. Thought he did more things he'd be asked to do at the next level. <laughs> this is just my... I said, but I thought Trey Lance's upside is higher. Bigger arm, more athletic. And I think that maybe... Because I think in theory, like if you just look at testing, obviously Fields is more athletic. But I don't know if Fields' athleticism always jumps off the film. Um, but I said, uh, more athletic. Didn't see an issue with making all the throws. So I clearly thought that he has the ability to make all the throws. Um, a team just might have to simplify things for him early on, but because but that's because he just wasn't asked to do too much. As far as progressions and tight window NFL throws, mostly everything was out right now and open. Still was impressed with throws he was able to make. Arm looked really good, super athletic, was the most impressive athlete on the field. Super high upside. Both QBs good options so far. I'll continue to watch both guys. So that was kind of my initial thought where I walked away thinking that Trey Lance was the more talented quarterback. That was October uh, October of last year. Which is funny to me because we still had all those conversations, mostly on locker room, where people just couldn't fathom a reality where Trey Lance was better than Justin Fields. You know, like, right. how could anybody possibly think this? And, like, when you watched him for the first time, that was what you came away with. Not that yeah. necessarily he was better then, but his trajectory may be higher, you know. Right. And that was just my uh, thought process. Now, again, that was all going off of – that was going That was going off of that, – that was, that was not including Fields this year. Right. And Which I thought, he was good. <laughs> I thought he improved on a lot of things, but um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, that, those are just my initial thoughts. It's just interesting kind of going back to, I was like, man, I forgot about that thread. And I went through shout and watched out to, uh, Shout out to Fred and Vams on the locker room app who just were so irate at the reality or the possible reality that Trey Lance could be taking over Justin Fields. And oh, we yeah. haven't heard from them since, man. We we hope they're all right. Yeah, it's been it's been a while since we've seen them, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's the uh, hi hi Eminem. I'm I'm just writing you this letter. Remember, <laughs> what's, his 
Uh, Stan, is not was that Stan? Stan. Yeah, Stan. Yeah. My wife said Stan. Yeah. <laughs> this definitely feels like a Stan moment. Oh, I hope not. I hope not. Man. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, it's all exciting. It's all good shit. It's all good shit. Are there anything else from that Jed York interview that kind of stood out to you? Um, I'm trying to think, kind of work through it in my head. But, I mean, that was the bulk of it. He seemed really positive about, uh, you know, Jimmy is. And I do think Jimmy goes into the season or is on the 49ers this season. The only thing that, that kind of could happen, like we saw with the Vikings, is if somebody's quarterback gets hurt um, – the 49ers are going to be one of the first teams that they call. Yeah. And if he, and if somebody is hurt and Trey Lance looks like, all right, like I'm good with what I'm seeing right now. Not saying like, you know, it's great or this, the bet, but it's like, I'm good with what I'm seeing right now. I can create something for him. I can build on this. And when I say create something for him, I mean, RG3 won won rookie of the year and went to the playoffs. So it was like, yeah, I think some people might think like create something for him. Like, why don't we? But it's like, no, like he can create something for him. And when you have somebody that's like has elite talent like this, like that creates something for him can still take your team to the playoffs. So, you know, he could he could do something like that and and be like, all right, I'm willing to move on from you know Garoppolo. You want to give us a first round pick, which right. when a team gets desperate, I could see something like that happening. Let not not to wish any ill will on anyone, but say uh, I'm trying to think of a team that's really dependent on their starting quarterback, but may need you know okay, Houston Texans say Deshaun I was, Watson, uh, I was right I was going to mention them play, say he doesn't play for whatever reason right and maybe they're done with him, and then you have Davis Mills who's probably going to be thrusted into a starting role. But Davis Mills hasn't shown the ability to stay healthy at Stanford. So say he goes down and he's hurt. What do you do? I think there's somebody, you know. Yeah, and especially because it's Nick Casario and he has a ton of experience with Jimmy G. And I could, yeah, I could see them even if now would they want to give up a future first? I don't know. But it wouldn't surprise me if they've already had conversations with the 49ers, if they weren't already preparing for that reality, because I mean, they took Davis mills, but I mean, do you want Davis mills starting come week one? That's hard to believe, you know, and, and a, and a reality for the Texans where they get Jimmy Garoppolo for two seasons at a halfway decent price for a quarterback market. And, and then, you know, can bring Davis mills along. That might be something that's appealing to them, but, We'll see. I do think Jimmy Garoppolo's on the team this year, and and and, and I I could see him playing much, not much better, but I could see him playing a better brand of football with, you know, Trey Lance breathing down his neck and knowing that he's auditioning for other teams and whatever paycheck they're going to be willing to give him, and you know all that stuff. So, be interesting. Be interesting. Croc, yeah. what did we do? We miss anything? No, we good? good. Okay, you got we any? I'm trying. I'm just making sure that we didn't. I'm trying to think if there's anything else going on down there that we haven't talked about, but I don't think so. I think we got it. I think we got it. You got any uh, any closing any closing thoughts? Nah, um, one day we'll get off the quarterbacks and talk about something else. But right now it's just it's it's in the, it's in the news. <laughs> I know. Maybe next time I touch know. on uh, Aaron Rodgers and them kind of <laughs> that phone call. 
Right. Yeah. I mean, they said, yeah, because now it's come out that both John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan called LaFleur and John Lynch called, I mean, I'm assuming their GM, Gutekunst or whatever his name is. Gutekunst. I don't, I don't know, whatever. The guy that Aaron Rodgers hates. Yeah. Uh, or should I call him uh, Jerry, <laughs> Jerry Krause? Yeah. I saw that. Who, who ratted out that conversation? Oh, dude, we're on the same page with that. Like, you can't. Come on, man. Come on. Who the hell told him that? You can't. Maybe it was a screenshot. It was screenshotted and it was passed around. But, man, somebody needs to get kicked out of that phone conversation. for. for... Yeah, they got to find the mole. Yeah, that's trash. That's trash. But it's a good example, though. You have the uh, the reigning NFL MVP calling his GM Jerry Krause, who uh, you know we know how Michael Jordan felt about that guy. He Jerry Krause looked like a Jerry Krause, didn't he? Like that little guy, little little pudgy guy walking around amongst all those elite athletes. He just he looked like a Jerry Krause. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he did, man. That was just funny to me and watching he was that guy. guy on Space Jam, right? Huh. That's that's who was on Space Jam, right? Was Jerry Krause on Space Jam? Um, I think he was the Monstars coach. Really? The little look, uh, I don't know. I didn't know. I didn't. I'd have to up, look at that. I never put that okay. together. Yeah, look up who the Monstars coach was. Now we're just you're just you're just striking gold listening to Eric Crocker and uh, Rob Lauder's just random conversations. Monstars coach. Kind of looks like him, <laughs> dude. With the way the belt is up over the waist, I can see that. I think oh, and there's him, the, the last dance has fans wondering if Bulls GM Jerry Krause inspired Space Jam's Mister Schwackhammer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude, this is the kind of content you get on Strike and Gold, baby. Let's go. Yeah, that's funny. And the way he wears the belt really does look like him too. Just man, that wouldn't. You won't. You don't look at Jerry Krause and think that might be one of basketball's best GMs ever. <laughs> ah, but he was really good. He just kind of, you know. Well, he got lucky with Michael Jordan, but I mean, he's he still drafted Scottie Pippen, and he uh, he brought in Dennis Rodman, and he, you know, he still built that team. Yeah, I guess I don't want to get too far into it. I don't, I don't want to pretend like I know, like I'm a big basketball connoisseur, but. You know, sometimes you get lucky. That's you all there is be, to it. Yeah, you got to be careful talking basketball because the yeah, basketball right. heads or whatever, they'll come for you. I know. That's why I had to put a disclaimer on it. Like, I am not a basketball guy, but I did watch The Last Dance multiple times. So maybe I am a basketball guy. <laughs> but, all right, man. We good? We good, man. All right. Let's get the hell out of here. Hey. You already know what it is. We'll be uh we'll be back on the locker room app soon. For those of you listening that were also participating in our locker room sessions, we just haven't been every time we've recorded a uh, locker room session as of recently, they haven't sent us our audio. So we'll jump back on there. We'll probably do a mailbag on there uh, next week or something. And uh, you know that way, if if the audio doesn't come through, at least we got to answer some questions. But we'll see. It's just a precarious situation. Um, but hey, you already know what it is. Make sure you guys are following Crocker on Twitter at Rob underscore louder at Eric underscore Crocker. Make sure that you have left our striking gold podcast, uh, a bright shiny review on wherever you're listening. Uh, doesn't have to be five stars, be honest, but I appreciate whatever you, you know, whatever you guys can give, um, whatever they say, subscribe, rate, review, like, leave a like, leave a comment, you know, whatever. Um, Hey, but don't forget, you know, you got you got youtube.com slash crocktalk TV, you got patreon.com backslash crocktalk, you got 
nothing from me. Don't worry about that. I'm not. And then, yeah, that's that's everything. That's everything. We're good. We're good. This is striking gold. I'm Rob. That's Eric. We are signing out. Peace.